You're listening to the Big Locals Podcast, a podcast platform built to serve the locals. Join us as we follow the innovative, eccentric, and movers and shakers of the Denver community. Brought to you by the not-so-local host, Ian Jimeno. Shop local, support local. Big Locals Podcast. If I cheated on you Welcome to the Big Locals Podcast. My name is Ian Jimeno, and thanks for listening to the second episode of season two of the Big Locals Podcast. We have a very special guest today featuring the chocolate daddy himself, Han Nguyen of Loverboy Fine Chocolate. I ran into Han's Thicky Chocolate Bars at the night market next to Fort Greene of East 45th Avenue, and uh, I couldn't resist the look, the energy of Han's products. I mean, the dude had some neon lights on his, uh, on his desk. So, uh, I was just drawn to it like a moth to a flame. And, uh, I go further in depth in the interview, uh, on the subject, but Han showed me the ins and outs of his selection at the time, the dark chocolate with dried cherries and smoked almonds, milk chocolate with peanut butter puff cereal, dark chocolate cinnamon toast crunch with cayenne pepper and his flagship thicky bar, White chocolate strawberry limeade, the consistency, the punch, the additions in the bar, all of it come together harmoniously to deliver what seems to be an addiction for chocolate lovers in the Denver community. So I just knew I had to get him on the Big Locals podcast. Not to mention, he's a bona fide shredder on the roller skates, and you'll see him in the metro area doing some jam skating at random parks. And, uh, once you listen to it and you feel so compelled to uh, help out a small business such as myself, the Big Locals Podcast, be sure to leave a like, follow, subscribe, review, five stars, or whatever for the podcast. I need the world to hear about the up and coming Denver entrepreneurs and artists of this day and age. Uh, a couple of shout outs Han Win of. Loverboy and Fine Chocolate wouldn't have been able to get this far without his own support foundation, and every person and organization he mentions is in the show notes for your benefit. The featured artist that I will be playing throughout the episode is Yasi, with her single, Guilty. It's the first song graciously offered to us from the pop singer's six-song EP, Coexist with Chaos, coming out in the near future. And for fans of Yasi, you'll see a growth in her musical style, uh, coming from a self-described energy of sad girl bops from her 2019 EP, Unavailable, into something more full, richer, and more complicated as the single, Guilty. Uh, If her Coexist and Chaos EP is anything like Guilty, I must say that I have a guilty pleasure in the works. Check out her latest music video for Guilty on YouTube and listen to it on whatever musical platform you prefer to listen to it. One more huge shout out to Pablo Villalpando out in the San Jose, California area for working on the big locals website. Pablo himself has a local mindset, helping out the smaller businesses and side hustles such as this podcast, with a bartering system. I agreed to trade some of my home-brewed beer for his services on the website. Check out his own website and become part of his own bartering system. Or if you need an SEO expert, search engine optimization expert for your website, look for pablovielpondo.com. I'll put his website in the show notes, so check that out. And without further ado, let's jump into the conversation with Han Nguyen, the brainchild of Loverboy Fine Chocolate. Mr. Han of Loverboy Fine Chocolate, welcome to the Big Locals Podcast. How are you, man? I'm doing great. Thank you for having me. Nice. I am really digging your shirt. The cream kimchi from Virgil himself. Love it. The man who knows everybody in town. 
<laughs> totally, man. Totally. Welcome to the Big Locals Podcast. As you know, with uh, Big Locals Podcast, we love to interview small businesses, the people, and just the overall vibe and try to capture it into one episode. So uh, tell me a little bit more about your experience and just your life in the whole Denver slash Colorado community. And when did you get here or have you been here your whole life? I moved here um, December of 2017. Uh, before that, I've been in Houston my whole life, and uh, Houston just kind of became so predictable and stagnant. And I lost my job; my girlfriend had left me, and I go, "Okay, well, it's time to move." So I, I moved here. I um, hit up two cousins. I, I crashed on a cousin's couch in Cap Hill for six weeks, and then uh, and then I went to I upgraded to a futon in Highlands Ranch. <laughs> I went up to uh, my uncle's restaurant. And worked in Fort Collins for three weeks. Uh, I never worked in a restaurant before, but I was washing dishes and grilling. And that's kind of where I realized uh, my chocolate dreams. Um, I've been in manufacturing and like uh, printed circuit board shops and machine shops my whole life. So just it's been manufacturing. And I, I was thinking, like, all right, Han, you've been in manufacturing your whole life. Like, what would you never get tired of making? And right away, I had the Willy Wonka stuff just flashing. I was like, <laughs> okay. It's chocolate. I'll never get tired of making chocolate. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The whole chocolate scene and seeing you rise from sleeping on the floor to a futon and finally getting a job up at Fort Collins. It's a good story, man. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, uh, I, I, I got an interview with a cannabis company. I felt good about that. So I flew home, packed my car, came out, um, got the second interview, got the job, and then kind of worked for another month and a half and got an apartment at Cap Hill. And just been working my way since. Um, they have a kitchen where they make edibles at that cannabis company. And I intercepted a chocolate order. So I, I asked the buyer, hey, can I cut this open and just check it out? Invoice was there. And then I um, I went into the system, reached out to the sales rep, and took her out for pie. And then she brought six, six pounds of samples. I tried everything. And then from there on, it's like, cool, here's $200. Start playing with some chocolate. Wow. That's awesome. So your first experience with the chocolate industry was from edibles. That's crazy. Yeah. I mean, I wasn't a, um, a production buyer. I was a retail buyer, Sure, but, uh, yeah, I, I just saw chocolate come in and yeah, I just watched a lot of YouTube. That was it. And how to temper chocolate. And that's what I yeah. did. Yeah. Uh, YouTube is the father of all, like, <laughs> especially during the pandemic, you're learning how to knit, crochet, and in this case, make chocolate. That's amazing. So what what's that transition like? Were your first uh, chocolate pieces sort of like, oh God, I don't know what about what I don't like about this, but maybe it's a little bitter or I'm not a chocolate guy, but I love eating it. You know, I've never uh, made chocolate before. So what's that production like? Okay. Well, I guess first off, um, I'm a chocolatier. So as a chocolatier, I buy like chocolate and coins or shave it and I melt it down. Um, and it's all about the tempering and tempering means you cool it and kind of raise it to the right temperature. And you add a lot of friction to where, when it it's at room temperature, it uh, has a shiny exterior and has a clean break. Mm. And that also ensures shelf life as well. And if it's not a good temper, it'll be really melty and soft in your hand and or it'll it'll have like this weird bloom on top where it look it'll be like sugar and fat crystals kind of like settled mm-hmm. on top of it and the chocolate will look cloudy so you yeah. got to get like a perfect temper and it's quite frustrating <laughs> <laughs> it's difficult yeah and i i have to say uh i went through your instagram and you were doing this little video of tempering chocolate in one of them and you were grooving, man. Uh, you were just having a good time along with it. I mean, you could tell this this was like your hundredth batch or something like that, but you were grooving to some dirty funk in the background, you know? Um, what what about, I mean, I'm curious what the science behind it, you know, about the tempering, you know, about the folding and just mixing around that chocolate. What about it just makes it so consistent and dense, you know, so that you get that clean break. Do you know anything about that? Yeah. You want the, um, the fat crystals to be uniform and that hurt, that happens at certain temperatures and depending on the chocolate, depending on like how much fat percentage and how much like, cocoa percentage is in there. And then you need like friction in there as well. 
So typically you melt um, at 108 or higher, depending on the chocolate, and you cool it to a certain point. And then you can also raise it just like three or four degrees. And like that'll be your your working temperature. Um, you take out a little piece, put it on a, a little mold and, and uh, let it cool off in the fridge or something. And you, you take it out and then it should be shiny and it should break clean. If it doesn't do that, you got to start over. Oh, <laughs> that's got to be heartbreaking when you get to that point for sure. Yeah, it's it's still frustrating. Um, I have a lot of variables that I deal with. You know, I'm a cottage food, so I make this out of my home. Uh, but like there's no AC here. So during the wintertime, it's fun. But summer is where I struggle. <laughs> <laughs> right. You even think about that for sure. Yeah. And with your, the, the, I mean, I'm going back to that same video and you just grooving along to the funk and you just having like so much fun behind it. Um, not usually when people are stuck in their, uh, day-to-day routine, they're, you know, they feel jaded, you know, after a while it's just, you know, very repetitive. What keeps you going? And I, I guess maybe music is the answer, but I want to hear it from the horse's mouth, you know, is, is music what gets you going or what makes you sort of happy to make these, uh, chocolate bars? Music definitely helps. Um, typically if I'm having like a, if I'm feeling stagnant or unmotivated, I'll turn on the music and I'll be like, Oh, okay. Yeah. This is, this is what gets me going. Yeah. And, uh, I love, I love disco. I love funk. I love, yeah. Soul and R and B. That's, that's my stuff. Yeah, man. And it gets me grooving and it doesn't feel like work. Are you, uh, doing this full time or where else are you working during the day? I work remotely at another cannabis company. Uh, cool. I'm in supply chain. So I'm kind of, you know, people hear cannabis and they're like, oh, it's just like a stoner job. Like, no, this is the most corporate job there is. <laughs> I cannot be high in work. I am pounding the keyboard and responding to emails rather quickly and just distributing hardware and ingredients all across the States, Canada and Puerto Rico. Mm. Wow. That's amazing. Are you, uh, have you ever delved into the edible industry yourself? have not. Um, I became friends with uh, the R&D edibles guy at work. Yeah. And I've been sharing it with, you know, a couple of ingredients. And he even asked, I gave him some chocolate samples, like just the chocolate coins that I have. Yeah. And then he finally asked for some pricing and I gave him my rep contact. So maybe we'll switch over to the, my chocolate. We'll see. Woo. All right. Hire boy, fine chocolate. Love it, dude. <laughs> That'd be so cool. Um, yeah, what an interesting mix. I never would have thought that you were in the cannabis industry and then moving on to chocolate after that. And you said that you were a chocolatier. Is there some sort of like, I don't know, certification or classes that you need to uh, you know, pass or acquire before you consider yourself a chocolatier? Ooh, I don't know. I'm kind of a rogue back alley chocolatier. Uh, <laughs> a, a lot of chocolatiers, they go to pastry school. So they've got a lot of background in this. And a lot of people, they go to pastry school, they might not even choose to dive into chocolate too deeply because it's really finicky and they'd rather be baking and doing you know, all those all those other make amazing things. Chocolate makers actually get the bar, or I'm sorry, get the beans and go s- straight from there. They roast the beans, they'll crush it up and, and do all these things that I, I've only read and watched YouTube about. But yeah, that's way too involved. Wow. Yeah, that's that's insane. Like going straight from the source, you know, where they would actually have to go to these South American countries where it's more, I don't know, temperate to making these cocoa beans. Um, I mean, comparatively to I love to eat uh, cocoa nibs and putting in that in like my oatmeals and where it's not as sweet, but it's definitely on the bitter side, but you still get that chocolate essence. You know what I mean? Um and seeing that progress into a more sweeter chocolate where, you know, you grow up with these chocolates and, uh, you know, kids, you don't care what kind of chocolate it is, but your taste gets more refined as you get older, you know, it's such an interesting way to grow up with the supply. I mean, let's say like coffee, for example, picking your own beans, roasting them, and it's a whole process. I mean, you're able to control so much more of it, but there's a lot of variables in the process. Have you ever thought about like going directly from the source eventually, like in your late chocolatier uh, future or what's your take on that? Ooh, it just seems so involved. And I guess the chocolate that I'm making right now, it's not, it's not gourmet. It's just fun, adventurous flavors. And I want it 
attainable for like for everyone to enjoy you know those those bean to bar ones it's just like um like wine grapes or even coffee beans depending where it's grown what part of the world and what country it has its own nuance it's mm. quite amazing yeah yeah and you're able to pick apart each complexity complex thing about it and um you know make it your own at that point that's cool but before we go into your business the whole lover boy fine chocolate i'm really curious about your skating abilities man you shred on that pavement uh, i love all those videos where you're just practicing you're shredding on the black tops and um you even got a little crew going on um what made you start doing some skating and uh what's that community like Oh man, the skate community is absolutely amazing. Everyone is so supportive and encouraging. Like they cheer for me. Um, so there's there's a couple of different types of skating, but one type of skating is called park skating, and that's kind of like what skateboarders do in ramps and skate parks and things like that. It's so difficult and it it's insane. But I, I went out there a couple times, and everyone knew that like, oh, Han, you skate park? This is new, but. As I was doing little things, they were cheering me on stuff that I wouldn't ever like pat myself in the back on, but they were like, whoa, go on, go. <laughs> and everyone's just super great. And they're just, they're just down to skate. That's so cool. What are you learning nowadays? I mean, I, I'm seeing some crazy tricks when it comes to roller skating and uh, they just glide as if they were on ice, you know, with some blades on top of it. Um, but what are you learning right now? And what's sort of like your end goal with this stuff? I guess uh, what uh, the style of skating that I really love, it's, it's called jam skating or rhythm skating. And it's more of like a roller dance. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, I've been taking lessons. I'm in like my third month of lessons. I take a lesson through Denver skates and I've made friends with the instructors and I freaking love it. I love it so much. That's so cool. And people can just show you what they can do and I can show people what I can do and then just like pick it up and share the knowledge and go. Yeah. What's the, what's the group called? If anyone's ever interested, um, maybe they'll see you on the, in that group. Yeah. Uh, there's a Facebook group. It's called Denver roller skaters. Uh, Jade and Monica created and run that. And, uh, yeah, they're really, they're really awesome. That's so cool. I, I don't think I'm there yet. I mean, seeing you do it, I, it definitely inspired me like, shoot, this guy looks so cool. Like just shredding on the pavement. I, I kind of want to try this myself, but then I realized like, I'm not that great at ice skating in general. <laughs> and it, what, I mean, for someone to transition from an ice skating scenario into maybe like roller skating or roller blading or something like that, um, what's that transition like? Are you familiar with ice skating as well? I'm not that good at ice skater, but um, I think I'll be better now that, now that I've uh, been roller skating a lot more mm -hmm. uh, quite intensively since June is when I bought my skates. Were, were you inspired by someone or did, were you just like, you know what? I want to skate. This sounds cool. You know, I, when I skated as a kid going to birthday parties and things like that, I, I fancied myself an okay skater <laughs> and, um, yeah, it, it's something that I always thought about and I was like, man, I wish I skate more cause I really love it. And I saw just a couple more videos and I had some money. My contract was ending like right before summer. I was like, yo, I'm going to throw down some skates and let's figure this out. Yeah. That's awesome, man. I love it. And you know, sometimes something just clicks with you, you know? Um, for me, it was like music, playing instruments. I, I feel like uh, none of my family is very uh, adept to playing musical instruments, instruments but uh, my neighbor gave me a guitar and I just love playing those emo pop punk songs with uh, Jimmy World, the Ataris, uh, loved all that stuff. And anything with a power chord, I would just play it, you know? Um, so uh, skating with you, I, I'm sure it's like just something inside you, you know, something you're born with as opposed to what you grow up with, you know? Yeah. You know, it, it was, a it's a lot of work. It's a lot of training. Um, I just kind of, I dove right into it during the summer. I was unemployed. So I focused on roller skating and chocolate. <laughs> yeah. And, yo, I think that's the life I want. Like that's all I want, <laughs> skate and make chocolate. That sounds amazing. That sounds like a great life, dude. That's awesome. Yeah. That's what I'm and, working towards. Yeah. So the style that you're into is uh, jamming. What was that? Yeah. It's called jam skating or rhythm skating. Rhythm skating. So, I mean, that goes really well with your funk 
love, you know, the whole disco. I mean, just like, you're just into it. You're, you got that disco ball. I mean, are there any local roller rings that people can just go to? I mean, I'm not familiar with the scene. So is there any that you would recommend to people around here? Yes. All the roller rinks are back open. Um, every night of the week, except for Monday, there are adult skate nights. Nice. So you can skate your legs off. Um, it's a little, it's a little weird with the mask and being indoors and stuff like that. Um, but the Lakewood location on Wednesdays is where I take my classes, but like they make sure everyone's masked at that Lakewood location. All the other locations, it's, it's kind of a mixed bag. Gotcha. For sure. Awesome, man. I would love to talk to you more about skating, but I do want to go on to the lover boy, fine chocolate. I, I, I'm ever since I tried your thicky bar with the cayenne pepper cinnamon toast, this combination is just out of this world. You know, I'm, I just love everything that you do about it and you just make it your own, you know, this hybrid of so many different kinds of flavors, you know, I love it. Um, when you first started making your own chocolate, uh, were you handing it out to friends, making it for yourself or tell me what the process was before you started to call yourself the chocolate zaddy, you know? <laughs> um, yeah, I was working at that cannabis company and I was, you know, making chocolate in my kitchen and, and just sharing with friends and coworkers. Um, the consistency was, you know, way off. Sometimes it was soft and smudgy or <laughs> you know, there's a lot of bloom, but the ingredients I put into it, like, it's it's great, but the the texture and consistency might be a little off, and I would just give it away to friends and coworkers because um, I didn't feel like I can't charge for this. I'm still working on it. Yeah, yeah. But uh, no, they loved it, and they didn't they didn't mind you know how it looked or and how it felt, and they're like, "Han, you should charge for this." And I'm like, I, I a lot of times I'm I'm kind of a perfectionist, and yeah, I can't I can't sell certain things that I I feel like aren't worthy. Yeah. Yet. I totally agree with you. You want to make sure that um, in order to receive their funds, you want to make sure you're giving them a quality product. You know, um, that, At that point, you're considering yourself a business and you're like, I would not buy this chocolate if it was like this, you know? Exactly. Yeah, I, I, um, yeah, I love customer service and I kind of put myself in, in, those sh- as a, in the shoes of a consumer a lot. And I think about that. That's awesome, man. We need more people like you out there. I mean, especially working in the restaurant business earlier on, you know, you're starting to see your, uh, you know, what, what people like, what they enjoy and just working well with people. That's, that's awesome. Um, but when it comes to your flagship product, your white chocolate, strawberry limeade, am I saying that right? That's correct. Okay. Yeah. White chocolate, strawberry limeade. What a combination, man. I never would have thought that like, um, strawberry lime like the sour well presumably sour um sweet fruity tart uh would mix so well with a white chocolate base and matrix right what is what what was your inspiration behind that one i would expect like someone that that is coming up with chocolate come up with like maybe a dark chocolate or a milk chocolate but you went like on the far end of the spectrum you know what inspired you to do that my friend Tom in Houston, um, I told him about my chocolate dreams and he was all about it because he's, we ate a lot of candy and he's got a major sweet tooth. And he, he has got a family friend back in Houston who, his friend is Danny, who owns this company called Mostly Chocolate. And he hooked me up with him. I walked into his facility and you know, he showed me everything in his equipment and he shared with me some personal chocolate that his parents brought back from Spain. And I think it was, it was a green tea chocolate with lime and i tasted that and i go yeah i want to figure out this lime situation because i love this tartness against a rich sweet dairy taste because when you have that tartness against something that's really dairy it cleans it off real nicely and you're ready for more wow what a combination man i never would have thought it's like a palate cleanser at that point you know exactly I haven't had the pleasure of trying your uh, strawberry limeade, but will you have it at the night market tomorrow by chance? Yeah, I'll have it. I'll have it every time. It's my most popular flavor. Yes, perfect, man. Uh, Kat and I, my um, when we were when we saw you, you know, we've heard all these stories about you from Virgil and everyone else at the night market. I think you were at other places. I think in front of uh, Westwash Park over at Uncle. Uh, was that your beginnings when you started to sell your chocolate? Yes, that was the very beginning. 
That's awesome. And, uh, I mean, I wanted to try the white chocolate strawberry limeade, but the cinnamon toast cayenne pepper, it just spoke worlds to me, you know, um, it just sounded so amazing that I needed to try that first. So I'm going to have to go back to your flagship, um, when I see you tomorrow. So I'm excited about that. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll definitely have it for you. I'll make sure of it. Sweet, man. Um, and speaking of your flavors that you have, you know what? I'm just going to let you explain it. <laughs> With the uh, at the night market uh, over at Fort Greene, you had four different types of flavors, and it sounds like you're going to come out with a couple new flavors tomorrow over at Infinite Monkey Theorem. Um, yeah, do you mind uh, explaining some of your uh, creations and why you chose these ingredients? Sure. I guess uh, we'll start with the the dark chocolate cinnamon toast crunch. Um, cinnamon toast crunch is everybody's favorite cereal. Love it. Uh, and, uh, I love dark chocolate and I think chocolate and cinnamon go great. And anytime, uh, typically w- when I cook, I add a little bit cayenne with the cinnamon when there's cinnamon present and it just kicks it up even more. Mm. Yeah. That's what I wanted for that one. The other one I had was a, it was a dark chocolate dried cherries and smoked almonds. Um, my favorite chocolate is always nuts and fruit. Yeah. That's why I made it. Um, I'm, that's still a work in progress. I don't think it's quite finalized, and I've got a a couple other things I'm working on. But it's going to be fruit and nut and and something else. That's awesome. Before you continue, I think one of my favorite ice creams of all time is the Cherry Garcia from Ben and Jerry's chocolate with the cherries. You know that that tart. I don't know what the heck it is, but they do something magical about it. And cherry has something about it that really misses. Uh, not M-I-S-S, but M-I-C-E-S, where it mixes well, you know? Um, I don't know, man, I, you're onto something good there. You know, you never fail with the strawberry chocolate or uh, cherry chocolate. So it's, it's I'm, I, I can't wait to try that one for sure. It's, it's just everything that I love. I love, I love like fruit and tartness, and then I love cereal. <laughs> for sure. It's, it's all the stuff I love as a kid, straight up. That's all <laughs> I love. And I'm living this kid dream of roller skating and chocolate. Oh gosh, man, you are living the dream already. Shoot. Don't even change. <laughs> and then um, the other flavor I had was a, a milk chocolate with peanut, peanut butter puff cereal. And yeah, that one's a chomper and it's it's so good. Oh, so good, man. These cereal combinations sound ridiculous, man. I mean, you, you should, have you thought about just uh, expanding your cereal into or expanding your chocolate into various different types of cereals? Let's say like a Cap'n Crunch or a, a Fruity Pebble sort of thing. Have you thought about these things? Oh, yeah. I, I do peruse like all the snack aisles, um, all the cereal aisles and things like that. Uh, one of my earlier bars that I haven't made in a long time was a white chocolate with uh, I put the lime in there, but fruity pebbles. Oh, wow. And then I cover the back of the bar with like the rainbow sprinkles. Just oh, cover it. Wow, and, dude. That sounds amazing. Yeah. Just the white chocolate. Um, it's kind of like unappreciated and like, yo, I'm not the biggest white chocolate fan, but the way when you add color to it, it pops so amazing and you treat it kind of like, sweet and condensed milk or cheesecake and then you add your flavors and you kind of know what it's going to do oh yeah man i never understood the power of uh condensed milk and like white chocolate until i went to uh get some pho and my friend had condensed milk with some shots of espresso you know where you have the the drip of the coffee i mean you're familiar yeah um and it like woke me up not only just from tasting that sweet condensed milk. It's so dense, you know, I love it. Um, and it just sort of swims around your mouth and it covers your mouth, uh, with that stuff. And it sort of lingers as well, but it also wakes you right up. I, I'm, I love that espresso portion of it. So it's definitely underappreciated. Not too many people know of the magic of white chocolate. Yeah. And a lot of people hate it, but that white chocolate strawberry limeade, it converts everyone. only working with these pop-up shops nowadays is that your only method of getting your product out to the people or what's sort of your 
method of marketing and getting the word out? Oh yeah. My method is pretty much Instagram and at these pop-up markets. Um, sometimes I'll go roller skating and I'll, I'll carry some chocolate with me and I'll sell it to my fellow skaters. <laughs> uh, I did make a post one time of like, Hey guys, this is where I'll be. If anyone wants to come by, like pick up some chocolate. That's so cool. I, I feel like you're the local drug dealer at that point. You're just like, you got your hood on, you're just listening to some big ass headphones and then just tossing out a chocolate. Like, Hey guys. And you just pocket the money right after that. <laughs> no. Um, yeah, I, I've definitely thought about that. I have an insulated backpack and I even got like a polyester sign made of like, ask me about chocolate. <laughs> As I skate through Wash Park, people can stop me and I'll turn. And I'll be like, okay, what's up? <laughs> I'm a cottage food. So my storefront is like exactly where I stand. Wow, dude. Yeah. I, I feel like your taxi cabs have those little things on top of their car advertising. You have an insulated backpack with a polyester <laughs> sign. That's awesome. Yeah. You should, uh, I, I saw when I saw you over at night market, uh, almost like this little, uh, ashtray or like joint tray that you, uh, created. Remind me again, what was that place where you created it at? It was, it's called upstairs circus. You have two hours and there's all these crafts projects that you can pay for. And then you make it with your friends and they serve drinks. And I wanted a little tray and my friend who's super crafty, I was like, can you please hand paint my logo onto this tray? I I feel like you should do that with your roller skates now or something. You know, you have this like yellow and purple, almost like royalty with the red heart. I love it, dude. It's, it's such a good combination of colors too. It's so cool. Yeah. Thank you. Um, that design, I have the email between um, my friend that I've known since middle school and there's six emails between us and we figure out the design. It's crazy. So cool, man. Are you, um, actually I'm going to be at Wash Park tomorrow. Um, the first time I went over there, uh, was a couple weeks ago, uh, Matt from Goody Get Rights, you know him. Yeah. Yeah, You guys went for a jog together. Yeah, for sure. I mean, the dude is an awesome guy and, uh, great pastries, by the way, biscuits, cookies, what have you. Um, and speaking of cookies and, uh, his chocolate, I'm curious if you've ever thought about like, putting in some of your chocolate and other people's, you know, it's sort of like doing a combination thing like Power Rangers with our powers combined or something like that or Captain Planet thing, you know? Um, maybe like having chunks of your chocolate, maybe you have to make it or modify it in a certain way so that it's more chocolate chip cookie friendly, you know what I mean? Uh, have you ever thought about that or what's that process like if you were to go down that road? Yeah, I've had a couple um, bakers reach out to me Um when I was working at the hospital, I made friends with one of the, the food people and she's a baker. So she asked for some, um, I told her I make some chai milk chocolate. So I made that. And what she did was she, she grated it over, I think it was some sort of cream pie, some sort of, um, sweet potato cream pie. And then she gave me one whole pie. Oh, wow. That sounds amazing, man. That's so cool. Hmm. I mean, you have these thicky bars, right? You have these like things that you can snap away as if it was like, I mean, I hate to compare it to um, a Hershey bar, but everyone knows what a Hershey bar is. So think about a Hershey bar people, but much better, <laughs> much, much better. <laughs> um, but it, it's, you can break it apart in squares and, uh, and things like that. But, you know, you have different forms of chocolate, you know, you, where you can have it as, let's say, semi-sweet chocolate chip bites or uh, things that you can use in baking, um, what have you. Have you ever thought about different forms of chocolate? You know what I mean? Yeah, I just, I love bars so much. And like, as a kid, like I just want the bar and I just want to chomp the hell out of it. <laughs> um, but as far as like working with other bakers and collaborating, it's just, it's, it's a fine place because if they're baking, the chocolate's going to melt. And then all like the crunchy inclusions I put in there, it's not really going to work too well. But I have some like flavored oils or spices I can put in there and, and maybe share that with them. But um, yeah, I, I'm not too sure. I was supposed to meet with somebody and kind of brainstorm how they could I could make a chocolate and how they could apply that to their baking. But Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure there's some sort of chemistry behind it, like where it keeps its form until a certain temperature or something like that, or it mixes well with um, the flour that they use or what have you. I mean, I'm no baker, but I love eating this stuff. So it's yeah. good stuff. Um, I'm curious though, with you and making the chocolates also, um, you make them by hand or you first started out making them by hand, right? 
Um, have you progressed into a more systematized method? Like, have you used, started to use machines uh, just so that it helps your production and makes your quality of life that much better? Right. So I do have a machine now. I think I picked it up uh, last October 2020. Uh, but when when you do it by hand, you saw me pour the chocolate onto a slab. Um, I had a quart slab. And what that does is it cools the chocolate. Mm. So you use your laser thermometer and just kind of check it out and you add it back to your vat of chocolate and just make sure it's cooled to the right temperature. And then you can kind of heat it up again. But I was using a double boiler at the time. So it's it's quite laborsome and there's chocolate everywhere. <laughs> and the machine I chose kind of keeps the chocolate, it's a spinning bowl and it just keeps the chocolate all in one place. So there's less chocolate everywhere, but chocolate still finds its way in places. Sure. Sure. Yeah. I mean, your fingertips and all of a sudden you're licking the chocolate off your fingers. I mean, oh no, whatever. <laughs> yeah. What am I going to do? Oh, it's so sweet. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. Other than your wash park instances, you're at, right outside of Uncle as well, and the night market over at Fort Greene, um, have you ever maybe reached out to other sort of farmer's markets or things like that to, um, I don't know, get yourself out there? Or what else is out there? I'm, I'm curious myself, you know? Yeah. As a cottage food, I can't, um, I can't sell wholesale and retail quite yet. Sure. I, once I get to a commercial facility, I'll be able to do that. But yeah, it's pretty much friends, coworkers. You can message me on Instagram and we can meet somewhere. Um, usually people just come to my apartment, the, the, the parking lot that I'm at, and I'll just come out and hand some chocolate off. And are you, uh, so you obviously know Virgil and it seems like you guys go way back. And uh, like you said earlier, Virgil just knows everyone in general. Um, how did you even get into that scene where it was Virgil like, Hey, you know what? You got some good stuff, you know, come on down to the Fort green or to the night market, be a part of this crew. Yeah. It, um, I was with a friend and she was going to buy kimchi and sake and everything. And she knew about the market cause she loves kimchi. And I tagged along, this was in the middle of August and Virgil, and she's like, Oh, Han makes, Han makes chocolate. And Virgil's like, great. You should really come. <laughs> we need vendors like you and my birthday was like two weeks away and i go you know it'd be a really cool birthday present if i just debuted selling chocolate on my birthday and two weeks later i showed up with chocolate and i started selling chocolate yeah it was great i'm curious with uh your packaging you know it's very simple it's very intimate you see right what's in the box or the bag in this case um and uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but you might have this little sticker that also has your uh, label on there too. Yeah. And um, what, what sort of um, made you come up with that simple design, you know, um, maybe it's just out of necessity and uh, <laughs> for the money's sake, but um, you, you know, I, I feel like I know what is in this package now, you know, you're, you're more familiar with it and you're not hiding behind any sort of, uh, you know, plastic covering, you know, Right. It, it was definitely out of necessity as far as price and all that. You know, I'm, I'm a small cottage business. I can't really afford nice packaging. But um, in all the books that I've read, they said clear packaging for chocolate bars is a no-no. It's so tacky and all that. But I think with my chocolates, a lot of the time you, you see the inclusions in it and it's quite beautiful. And to cover that up would be kind of a crime. Yeah, totally agree. So it worked out. I put a little ingredient label on the back and then a little round sticker with my logo on front. And it's really easy. So cool, man. And going back to your toppings and your new creations, uh, you recently put on Instagram sort of this uh, really high engagement post where it's like, guys, check out this new bar of chocolate, this new thicky bar that I came out with. Um, and to me, when I first saw it, it had like these um, irregularly shaped yellow slash orange, um, I don't know, pieces to it, as well as what I knew was, you know, the sweet ginger, you know, what we're used to, to eating as candy. But I thought those triangular or irregular shaped yellow orange pieces, I thought those were mango, you know, I thought it really went with your strawberry limeade. It was like, well, I'm definitely going to win a thicky bar. This is totally like mango, you know? <laughs> so tell us a little bit more about this one. And, um, are you going to be featuring it over at Infinite Monkey Theorem as well? 
Yes, uh, I've only made nine bars of, of this one just to try out, but it's a, it's a milk chocolate crystallized ginger and sweet plantain chips. Sweet plantain chips, the secret behind it all. That's so cool, man. Yeah, what, what made you get so inspired with the uh, plantain chips? I just love plantain chips and I think they're kind of underutilized and um, I love having a crunch to my chocolate. So the thick bars and you have some crunch in there, I think it, as you chomp away, you get more oxygen in there and it just opens up your taste buds. And I'm always looking for odd, unique flavor combinations and ingredients. And I'll, I'll just collect them and then I'll play with it and just figure it out and combine. Yeah. Like, I love these combinations. I'll make it work somehow. I just don't know about it yet. When I was buying your chocolate, I was going through uh, your the payment method and I saw that you are the self-proclaimed chocolate daddy. <laughs> I love it, dude. You're owning it. It's so fun. Um, I mean, honestly, once I saw that, I burst out laughing and you seem to have this character about you where you're just enjoying life. You know, you had such an interesting background where you're in the cannabis industry. You moved from Houston. You're like, you know what? I'm just going to go start from the ground up from futons and starting my own business and chocolate. That's so cool, man. So what made you become the chocolate daddy? And I don't think I'm going to be calling you anything else from this point on. <laughs> oh my God. I love it so much. Um, so when I first, my first job in cannabis, we'd go um, volunteer at the children's hospital and we'd make arts and crafts with the kids. And one, one week it was, uh, you make bracelets, you know, you put letters on there and then I made one that said lover boy, find chocolate on it. And another one, it, it goes, Shh, it's chocolate time. <laughs> and I made a post on Facebook and my, um, my payroll person, Adrian saw the post and she's like, Han, I saw your post. Are you some sort of chocolate daddy now? And I go, Oh my God, I'm not. Now I am. That's my working title. Thank you so much. So I owe her all the credit. I gave her a call like last month and I was like, Hey, thank you so much for blessing me with that name. <laughs> Chocolate daddy. That's amazing. I love it, dude. Yeah. Way to own it. I think it, it totally fits your personality too, man. It just all smiles and you're just loving life, man. Roller skating with some funk and some chocolate, man. I love it. I love it. I love it. It's so cool. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, man. Well, before I let you go though, Han, I do want to ask you some no-brainer questions. Uh, these are questions, presumably, that will be, uh, you know, whatever. These are no-brainers. You know, that's your reaction to them. So, uh, number one, if you had some advice for your younger self, what would it be? Man, you're you're worthy. There's nothing wrong with you. So go ahead and get down with your bad chocolate self. <laughs> <laughs> that's right, dude. Oh man. Yeah, I kind of struggled with a lot of like. I don't know. I just, I struggled a lot as a kid, just felt out of place. Maybe I was mistreated and I took that personal and yeah, I didn't feel worthy. And yeah, I still struggle with that here and there, but, yeah. but yeah, what I learned is when I just, when you, you believe in your weird self and you're authentic, it's all good. Mm -hmm. And you'll never feel like, like you're betraying yourself. Yeah. And I, I guess to go off that on that stem, um, I often had the um, symptom of imposter syndrome where you, you feel like you just don't belong. And sure, you've earned it from everyone else's point of view, but deep inside, you're like, you know, what? I'm not anything special. You know, why, why would I be blessed with this sort of life or this sort of advantage when there's so many other people that have worked harder. And here I am just, you know, soaking this up and taking this up all for granted. You know, it's such a weird mentality and it's really hard to get past it too. And being authentic with yourself, like, Hey, you know what? Maybe I do deserve this. Maybe there's some reason why I'm in this position as opposed to someone else. You know, have you ever like encountered that or felt that way, um, through your travels as well? Oh yeah, all the time. Um, especially starting out at the uh, the Wash Street, the Penn Street Market. Yeah, you know, all everyone here is like a a food professional, and they're doing this thing. And like, I walk in with some chocolate, <laughs> <laughs> and Virgil and and Dave and all the chimichurri bros are just blown up and doing well. Yeah. And I'm like, wow, I stumbled upon this friend group, and everyone loves me still. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, man, they, those guys are amazing. And 
I feel like you, there's so much to learn from everyone at these night markets. And especially with, what was it? The chimichurri bros are cooking up some birria um, tacos, uh, the kimchi cheesesteaks. Um, and they're just constantly revolving their menu, you know, uh, same with Dave. I mean, the dude's a professional chef, you know, a uh, personal chef, I should say as well. And some dank sauces, uh, the samosas are amazing as well. I mean, everyone there is borderline overqualified, but I think you're in really good company, man. I, I think with a little more time staying in these markets that you're, you're, you'll definitely feel up to par, if anything, you know, just being in that same friend group. So they're a really supportive group of people. No, they welcomed me right away. Um, it's just like a, a food friend group that I never had. And I feel so welcomed and we have so much fun. And all we do is eat. Like, all I do is eat the whole time and laugh and joke. And then like, oh, oh yeah, I should make this chocolate transaction. Great. <laughs> right. Totally forgot. There's a business to run. Shoot. Yeah. <laughs> That's cool, man. Well, let's go on to number two of the no-brainers. Who deserves a shout out and who has supported and hyped you up along the way? <sighs> man, all my friends and coworkers. All my ex-girlfriends, they still come around and buy chocolate. <laughs> uh, just everyone. Um, Tom, my buddy in Houston, you know, he hooked me up right with uh, Danny from Mostly Chocolate. Um, let's see who else. My managers, um, my old manager, Andrew, he would always give me like, here, here, Han, here's 20 bucks. How much chocolate does it get me? And when I called him and I told him, hey, like, I'm turning up production. He was like, okay, cool. Here's $200. Let's produce. Damn. What a guy. He, he just really believed in me. And even if the product wasn't great, he was like, no, Han, let's do it. And he, he was just really asking me all the time, like, Hey, what can, what else can I do? Do you want to set up a subscription thing and all that? And yeah, I, I definitely owe a lot to him, but I had a friend who let me go in her basement and make chocolate in the summer so I could, you know, sell at that market. Like that was huge. That's so cool, man. Yeah, the the love behind it all, you know, your your friends like really support you. I think that's what really separates the friends from the strangers, you know. That's so cool, man. Yeah, they've just been there to support me, just buying chocolate, eating chocolate, and tell me how they feel about the chocolate. Yeah, that's all I need. And you're not only getting money, but you're also getting proper feedback as well. Like, oh shoot, uh, you know, this batch didn't turn out well. Like, what was your take on it? You know, it's a review as if it was on Amazon, you know, five stars, uh, four stars on this one. I don't know about that, Han. You're kind of crazy, but. <laughs> All right. So let's move on to number three of the no brainers. Uh, what is the next big thing for Loverboy and Fine Chocolate? You might have mentioned this a little bit earlier, but I'm curious if I can eke anything out of you. And uh, can the audience provide anything of value for you? You know, next I'm, I'm working on a website. I'd like to start shipping chocolate. I've got to stay within Colorado for now as a cottage food. Uh, so yeah, I've, I've got that going. And um, yeah, I'd like to get into a commercial facility as soon as that happens. Yeah, I'd, I'd get an, a bigger machine. I'd like to quadruple my output for the time I'm putting in. And yeah, you go full-time chocolate. That's that's the dream. We'll, we'll see how soon that can happen. But yeah, I want to make chocolate and I want to roller skate. <laughs> That's the dream, man. Shoot. You hear it first, people. Get a get Han a commercial space, man. Let him roller skate his dreams out. That'd be so cool. Freaking love it, dude. I'll make chocolate on roller skates and we can live stream it. It doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> Why haven't you done that yet, Han? That sounds amazing. I can do it shirtless for an extra fee. <laughs> right. Shoot, I'll pay you, dude. That's, that's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so what, what's the best way for people to contact you and get more information about Loverboy fine chocolate? Instagram is the best way. Um, I'm pretty responsive on that. Uh, I, I was never using Instagram much until I started making chocolate and it seems to be that, you know, with pictures and people can interact quite quickly and can share things and posts. Yeah. That's the best way to just to communicate with me is through Instagram. Yeah, totally. Instagram is the way to go. And having your clear packaging is definitely a bonus, especially through Instagram where everything's all pictures. I mean, I'd love to bring this up with the white chocolate strawberry limeade where um, the strawberry is legit strawberries. You're dehydrating them and you're putting it into your white chocolate. I mean, 
it, it just looks fantastic. And like you said, it really pops, you know, the reds and the greens and everything just pops from the white chocolate. And it's just a nice shimmer to it. You know, it's got that shine and that little coating along with it. So good on you, man. I'm, I'm loving this stuff. Uh, if it's anything like what I tried with the a cinnamon toast crunch and cayenne pepper, I cannot wait to have some more of those thicky bars, man. I'm so excited. That Thank you so much, man. I'm, I'm so flattered. And yeah, just, just to be here and just to have people excited about my chocolate, it confirms that I'm on the right path. And I love it. Yeah. No imposter syndrome here, man. You're, you're, you're definitely deserving to be in this position. <laughs> it's cool, man. <laughs> thank you. Well, um, I had a genuine pleasure, Han. This is a really cool idea that you're going through and I love my chocolate and I can't wait to see what else you come up with, man. And I think that's the best part about it where you're such a creative guy that can exploit so many different kinds of ingredients and put it all inside chocolate. The universal love food, if you ask me. So um, thanks so much again for being on the Big Locals podcast and uh, I can't wait to see what you do with Loverboy Fine Chocolate, man. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I love you know being really adventurous and creative, and yeah, I'm ready to to blow some more minds when it comes to chocolate. Awesome, man. Well, I will talk to you later, man. Have a good one. Thank you. She said to you later, boy. Oh man, Han just knows how to have a good time with his chocolate, and by the power of his roller skates and upping his game as a chocolatier. He's always experimenting with new flavors, new dance moves, and new marketing techniques, such as skating around, selling his chocolates. I always loved his point of, I'm not going to sell my product until my thicky bars are at its peak performance. And too often, I see not enough marketing or experimenting done to accommodate the new products of a startup business, and they fall to the wayside in sales. But... um. Han is on a different level. His giving and honest nature gives him the upper hand when collaborating with friends like the chai milk chocolate shavings on his friend's sweet potato pie. And the good vibes always come back around to support him and Loverboy Fine Chocolate. Uh, Check out the Chocolate Daddy on uh, Denver Skates or just around the city Um, and let the good times roll. The dude is a really cool guy. So you should just meet him in person over at the night markets these days. Um, Tune in next week for episode three of season two. And until then, shop local, support local, Big Locals podcast. See ya.